Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does all the work for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more. And you can resell on Picasso's Marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. Visit Picasso to see thousands of listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot com. Coming to you live from the Cross Country Mortgage Campus in Berea, Ohio, this is Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Here are your hosts, Bo Bishop and Nathan Zagura. All right, let's do a live on a Tuesday edition of the program. Merely Bo, the great Gibby, the great Z, all here, the gang back together. How we living, boys? Good. Just happy you're back, man. Welcome back. How how was everything? How were the travels? Did you do better than I did? On my, I was in the air for one hour and thirty minutes to and from Chicago over the weekend. I was delayed, all told, about five hours. So, so hopefully I'm, you did. You know my than rules me. on this now. Chicago now that would be drive for me. Like yeah, I'm not flying. I'm not flying that stuff anymore. I'm I was out in of and it. out in a day. I didn't want to go. I didn't want to drive twelve hours. Yeah, but look what it did to you. That's, I know the emotional toll that it did. In addition to just the time lost, I know ridiculous. No, it's awful. I, it's um, it is very simply, um, I, I'm very. It is very simply a um a a hope for the best situation flying in America this summer. That's kind of where we at. I was un, I was done in, um, in Charleston. Um, it was smooth sailing on this one. Um, we flew That's out great. a week ago Tuesday. Here's a little hint. Really awesome flying on 4th of July. There was nobody in an airport. It was empty, um, which is great. Um, even the like the first time in God knows how long, like all the seats weren't full, um, which was tremendous. You get to sprawl out a little bit. Um, and actually got into Montana last Tuesday ahead of schedule, like 20 minutes Love early. It. So that Love was a, a very, very big win. Uh, many highlights. It's a glorious state. Um Certain parts of it are very spiritual to me. Certain parts flat out suck. My dad continues to behave in some of the most absurd manners in the history of the free world um, among the issues. So I, he goes, yeah, I bought a chariot. And I said, I go, what are you talking? I go, like Ben-Hur? Yeah. I said, what are, you, what are you talking about, a chariot? And he goes, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you'll see. So we get to the house, and sure enough, there's like a black chariot sitting in the front yard. And Love I said, it. well, what, what are you going to do with the chariot? And he goes, well, I'm going to hook up Cruiser, which is one of his horses, and I have him pull me. I go, I go, you're 74? Does this, I don't know, does this seem like a good idea? Do you know what the hell, why are you doing this? Sounds like why a great now? idea. Why not? Why now are you going to have a chariot? <laughs> um, and so we were, as we're having this conversation, we're sitting at the kitchen table, and I go, Dad, what in the hell is that? And draped over one of the chairs was like, you know those spa towels that like Velcro around your waist? You know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah, those? Yeah. I go, is that like your, is that like a spa towel? Is that like your bathroom towel, like hanging over a chair? He goes, yeah, so what? It's in the, it's in the kitchen. What do you this, mean, so what? 
right, so let, let me get this straight. You want to be Ben Hur with a britch cloth and ride around. This is this is what it's come to at age seventy four. This is where we're at. Feels about right. Oh my God! It just and there was a steady diet of just nonsense. Of out course, of him. there was. Left it. He's unchecked. There's nobody. Um, he's lovely with the children, and the boys had a ball. Beamsy, God bless him, he was teary-eyed leaving. Um, they That's rode horse good. every day. That part was all great. Um, I did have an escape plan. This was a bit of a, a bit of a, a slap in the face. We had an escape plan to – I always go to Glacier every year we're there. I grew up about an hour and a half south. Um, I, the only other place in America that I've been close to it from just an awesome standpoint was Big Sur. Yep. had that feel to it. Um, now, I've not been to Yosemite. I bet Yosemite would Yosemite's probably have awesome. it too. Yes. Yeah, I bet it would have yeah. a similar feel to it. So um, we went into, into glaciers. We always do. We always stay at St. Mary's. Great lodge there right at Logan Pass for going to the Sun Highway and all this stuff near uh, Many Glacier and such. But it is um, the eastern border of Glacier National Park is, um, is the Blackfeet Indian Reservation. Okay. So – that's Blackfeet land. So that's the sovereign nation. It's their laws. It's their, all of it. Right. And even as a kid, I was always like, man, I don't, I wouldn't be crazy about getting pulled over here. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not sure. Like, so I always right. keep it in the limits. I don't, I, I keep it above the board there at all times. And so as we check into the hotel and it's, you know, we, we did one night at my dad's house and more on that in a second. And then we, we went up there for a little reprieve. And so we took the kids up there. And we check into the hotel and we go, I'm like, well, let's run over to the, the, the store. We'll grab a bottle of wine. We'll sit on the deck. The, the creek's Beautiful. running right below. Yeah. Overlook Glacier. What a win for everybody. Uh, kids, get them, a, get them a root beer. Everybody wins. We go over there. There's yellow cautionary tape, like drawn over liquor. No liquor sales. Dry days because of the Blackfeet, uh, Blackfeet Indian days. So... On the reservation, they would have um, they have all the tribes come and they put on like a carnival and all this stuff. Yeah. And to keep it from getting out of control, they turn off alcohol sales. So it's for the whole region. So I'm like, wait a second, you're trying to tell me I can't order a glass of wine at dinner? Like this is what? where we're at. I go, I feel like maybe you guys should have given us a heads up on that. Yeah. And so they say, well, the closest one is, you know, in Cut Bank, which is an hour and fifteen minutes away. I'm like, I'm not no. doing that at five o'clock. That's not going to work. Um, and so like, they're like, well, there really isn't anything. I look at, I'm like, well, what are we supposed to have a Coke? Like, what are we doing here? Like we yeah. go to society. So we had gone up to many glacier and luckily my, my, uh, intellectual backlog of the area reminded me that as soon as I go into the national park, I'm no longer on the Blackfeet reservation. And so there was a gift shop at many glacier that had, wine and beer. perfect what were you allowed to bring it back i was allowed to bring well <laughs> was i who knows i don't know i did good and that was it yeah but we couldn't have it at dinner like they're like we give you a cock we'll give you a mocktail list but we can't we i go could you if theoretically if i had wine could you serve it and they said no I said theoretically if i had wine and i brought it in here could i drink it no and it was like a great meal like it was rocky mountain perch or uh, rocky mountain trout rainbow trout great meal um, so like sans wine, how long was this going on? Five days, five days. Yeah. I sold the guys at guy at the front desk. I said, I think the very least you, because there were people livid who did not have 
the the knowledge that I did that once you go inside the park, you could go get stuff. But yeah, it was but still a 35 minute drive to Mini Glacier. Yeah. So it's no not joke. like it was five minutes and it's cool to see anyway, but like we were going to go anyway. So it worked out. Um, but so many of these people were like, wait, what? They would try ordering a beer and they're like, actually no beer until like July 10th. They're like, if you went there on your trip though, that would be, that's brutal. It has to be known. Yes, that's what I told the guy known. at the front. I'm like, you've got to let people know that this is the circumstance. It's wild. That that's the way it goes. So that was good. Um, parts of the state are stunning. Much of what is going on in Yellowstone is playing out in that state, minus all the murder. But yep. The, yep. Um, there are pockets of the state that are just exploding with out-of-state population, and then there are parts like where I grew up, farm ranch communities that are just drying up. Um, kids aren't coming back to run ranches, and so uh, a lot of these places are just drying up. They're losing population. So that was something to see. You know, I'm reminded of that every time I go there, just the realities of that. We got yeah. um, the entire Bishop family together for the first time since 89 out on the out on County Line Farm on the Ponderosa. So that was pretty cool. Wow. So uh, your other brother came in? Everybody was involved. Yeah. Yeah. Both brothers. Everybody, I think we was only one cousin who wasn't there in the wow. extended. Wow. How was yeah. that? It was really cool. I mean, it was really pretty cool. It was um, – it's just such a different life. Like my – cousin Kirsty's son James is nine and my uncle Kel has a couple of longhorns just to look at and they're yeah. full-grown steers like they're mammoth and this little kid is so used to being around cows that he just walked up to the longhorn and put his arm around it and let it in so everyone could see it the kid's 10 that's wild yeah and I'm like I wouldn't get near it and this kid's just they're just so they the way that they're being brought up is so different I guess it's the way I was brought up. It's so different from the way that my kids yes. uh, are, bring, are being brought up. So of course, all that part was cool. Um, there was a pretty a funny moment. My middle brother had a um, we were behind uh, at the Rocky Mountain front behind Shoto and where part one of the places where we, we put my mom's ashes. And so it was a spiritual place for all of us. And we go back there and um, my middle brother like gets out like a scissor. My kids are like, hey, let's let's roast hot dogs and marshmallows or whatever. OK, great. Campfire. Yep. Let's go. My middle brother like has a, a scissors to like get a like a clipper for weeds or shrubs and stuff. And so he goes like that. And my younger brother, go, it's, it was straight out of of uh, Crocodile Dundee. That's not a knife. This is a knife. And he pulled a machete like four feet Jeez long Louise. out of the back, starts just whacking down trees and cut, cutting up sticks to roast marshmallows and 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 uh, and hot dogs on. And as he opened his door. He goes, he would have been saying, he's like, well, there's not, I got nothing. A bear's fears me. I, no, I don't fear a bear. And as I he opened his, as I, as he opened the door, I saw why, as he had like an arsenal. I said, dude, you could take on a small militia with this operation. He was like out of commando. Saw why? shotguns, deer scat guns, pistols. Like, good Lord. I guess be prepared. I think you're taking it to the next level. The look on the boy's face was quite ridiculous when they saw that stuff start to start to fall out a little bit. So that was pretty good. I feel like other than it that, is. it was good. Um, I think I mentioned before that my dad has been kind of dating a woman for like yep, 10 yep, years that I didn't yep, know about yep. until after I booked. So we met her Thursday night for 20 minutes. And then I never saw her again. <laughs> no explanation. Nothing. That's wild, man. Nothing. So, that was it. That was it. Good trip. Love the Sounds homeland. Like a great trip. Yeah. Where were well, the pictures you sent me? Was that from the national park? 
Um, yeah, yeah, that's probably Glacier. Yeah, beautiful, stunning. Yeah, so we flew into Missoula, then we did Glacier, and then the Rocky Mountain Front, which is behind Shoto. Um, so we were on the west side of the Rockies and then went up to Glacier's. It's ridiculous. Oh, here's the other thing I didn't realize about Glacier. Like, you could always used to be able to just drive up there and go, right? Okay. It wasn't like anything. Well, now you have to have a car reservation to get in because there's such demand for it. So the date to get the car reservation was like back in April or May or March, something way long time ago. I missed it. So they had a lottery. We had already had the reservation. We had a lottery, which was already past the point where I couldn't cancel it. There was a lottery Thursday morning at 8 a.m. Mountain to get one of 900 car reservations for Glacier Park. So I'm logged in. I'm ready to go. 8 a.m. Let's go. Dude, it went from 900 to 630 seconds. I wasn't one of them. It went from 600 to 300. I got in, I was like 260 something, and that was by 802. It was Jeez. gone by 803. All of it was gone. So it's crazy. Everyone's going to the parks now. I think it's, I don't know if it's a carryover from COVID and people are just rediscovering it or if it's, you know, yeah. the fact that you can drive to them without having, you know, for a lot of them rather than fly, I don't know, but it was sure. slammed. Um, but yeah, you had to do reservations for it. So I didn't know that either. I know that now. Um, overall, a good trip though. It's a stunning place. It is. It, oh, the pictures you sent were breathtaking. Did you yeah. make it to, you were saying that you were maybe going to go by the actual, the Dutton Ranch? Could not do that. I Could really wanted to do that. We couldn't. It was, it turns out it was too much. We flew into Missoula. It's about an hour and 15 minutes south of Missoula. Got it. So the geography on the show is really screwed up because they have it at Paradise Valley, which is a long ways from there, like okay. probably four, three and a half hours from there. Okay. Um, so it was an hour and a half south of Missoula. And after flying all day, we were kind of just like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know that we need an hour. No. And the know, kids, like the, kid, the kids would have no frame of reference. No, they were enjoying and you couldn't go, you, you can't really go on it. You can rent a couple of the cabins. So at best it would have been like an Instagram photo, that type of thing. Yep. There wasn't yep. not really anything for you to do down there. Um, we did stop by pause up, which is the, uh, glamping resort thing that okay. they haven't. That's it's $3,700 a night to stay there. Um, we went by that place and I kind of just decided it was basically like how I grew up. <laughs> I don't know how you would pay that I mean, the, it was nice. It was fine, but it wasn't like it wasn't what I anticipated it to $3, be. Thirty-seven hundred dollars a night should be one of the finest places that you have ever stayed in your life. But I suppose if you're somebody who wanted to go like on a cattle drive or go on a cattle drive, fly fish, ride horseback on thirty thousand acres, and you don't normally have that experience, I guess there's value. There must be value in that because they're getting it. There's no vacancy for the rest of this year. What a so great business. They're locked in. What a time yeah. to be alive. Yeah, really is. So it was really good. Is. It's a it's a wonderful place. Um, and uh, but it's a lot of that Yellowstone stuff is is real in terms of the way that it's being swallowed up in certain pockets by by out of state interest, to say the least. Did you notice like a significant rise in you know wealthy neighborhoods and country clubs and all that? Not stuff? where I was. Not where I grew up. My my area would be was was not at all mine where I grew up. It's far more of being swallowed, um, but not in a sense of out of staters, but rather kids don't want to go back there. It takes less people to run a farm or ranch. So they're you're just the ranchers get bigger and bigger with fewer people to run them Got it. because the, it, it's easier now physically to run yeah. one. Um, so we're seeing that. But like, yeah, I mean, there's pockets 
you know, this seems very normal to us and nobody would even understand the reference, but like, for example, like Big Fork, Montana, uh, my brother was saying has like a, a Range Rover dealer. Um, and that's unheard of for that area yep. <laughs> that they would yep. have that, but that's what's happened is there's been this incredible surge of wealth and there's two pockets in Montana that are the highest price real estate per square footage in the country, um, near Whitefish and near Bozeman. So that's just what's happened out there is, that's and I think wild. that shows a big part of it. They've, it's pushed people. Yeah, no into doubt. This, like if that was set in, idea. yeah, if that was set in like a Dakota or set in a yeah. somewhere cool and. I don't even know Wyoming, Idaho. I'm sure that those places would be going, but Montana is unique, right? Isn't it in terms of its just natural beauty? Yeah, I mean it's the Rocky Mountains go right down the middle of it, or yep. you know, down the first third of it. So you have both fronts, east and west, that are that are pretty spectacular from a recreation standpoint, where you can you can do all the things and have all those vistas. So there's one thing that is that I miss so much about it that I don't get here, and I haven't really gotten it. My guess is you probably got it when you would visit in Arizona. Um, but there is a smell that hits a dry forest or a dry wheat field that when it rains is tough to beat. Oh, it just yeah, yeah, can't yeah. be duplicated. And it usually takes like a desert type experience or a arid, very dry experience. That when you get that rain, it just pops. So, yeah, it was good. Um, the only thing that was dicey on the way home, we get on the plane and the pilot goes, yeah, we're going to be, you know, we were pushed away and he goes, yeah, it's going to be 40. They want us to sit here for 40 minutes because there's air traffic issues down in Denver. And our connect was an hour 10. So 40, all of a sudden, that's you've 30. eaten that up. Yep. And as you know, from a when they say depart 533, they actually mean the door closes to get on this sucker at 515. Yep. yep. That's really what they mean. So like it was a situation where land sprint across Denver Airport, which is brutal, like 25 gates in Denver is like a mile. I yes. Think. It's forever. It's not like Atlanta. Atlanta, you can go 25 gates and it's a football field. But in Denver, it's forever. And um, as we were doing it, I got to give – this dude was like Peyton Hillis. God bless him. He was the greatest lead blocker in the history of football. This old guy with a carry-on was just burrowing through humans, and I was just following him everywhere he go. He had this innate sense to find every, like, people mover that was moving versus the ones that weren't. We covered so much ground following this dude. He was the best lead blocker of all time. That's the best. Like when you're on a when you're on a long road trip and you got like that one car that's going yeah. just a little bit faster, and you can kind of drift right behind, and they'd be the first one to get pulled over, and it's like your pal the whole way, clearing that's right. it out, keeping you safe. Love it. Oh, it's, it's tremendous. That, that so that so we made it. We walked. It was actually like exactly how you draw up air travel: like land, run, get on, go. So we had no time in the Denver airport, literally walked on the plane. So that was good. But so you made it. And that we did. And, and then I got here and I saw like all the flights were delayed yesterday. East. Yeah. I was wondering if you were going to, we were wondering if you were going to have some issue because there was, yeah, East, Eastern, the East coast was messed up. That's what was crazy about mine is like, you couldn't fly to New York out of Chicago on Sunday or Philly or any of that, but there was no issue between here and Cleveland. We just, we needed a crew and then these pilots came and then basically turned around and walked away. And they're like, well, these pilots just timed themselves out. So oh. we need to wait another hour for another set of pilots. I'm like, okay. So this was this Sunday, like two Sunday. days ago, you just sat at O'Hare. I had a great day, played Olympia fields, had a great meal with the fellas and then was there. And I was supposed to leave around uh, eight 30 Chicago time and ended up leaving at 1130 Chicago time. So then I just sat in O'Hare, which was, 
The other thing, too, I, in my recollection back in the day, airports and airport bars and restaurants were open as long as there were people there. Not yep. anymore. They're closed no. at 9 o'clock. So oh, like, no, no. Yeah. I couldn't even go in and get a water anywhere. No. that's I, I, That night that uh, me and NBC had to spend the night in the Denver airport because for whatever reason there were some conventions. There was no hotels in Denver, period, every, anywhere. And we slept on the floor of the Denver airport, and everything closed at 9. I'm like, this is impossible. There are thousands of people in this airport, all stranded. You can't get water. You can't get food. You can't do anything other than go to the bathroom. I'm like, this yep. is impossible that this is the scenario that you people have allowed to happen. But, yeah, they aren't. There, to me, there should be – if there are flights stranded, there's got to be one place open for business. Agreed. It has to be. you got to be able to get water at least. And it just makes sense for them, I feel like. I would agree. Yeah, I would agree. So you had a force, nothing better than a foursome with the boys swinging the sticks. Nothing better. It was great. Make sure you didn't grip it ones. too tight. Swing no, easy with perfect, the boys. Perfect amount of grip. On a, a great foursome. Great foursome. And I was boys. telling Gibbe, one of the members of the foursome uh, of, with the boys was Brett Conway, the former Penn State kicker, who then kicked it okay. for the for the former Redskins. Kicked for the three games for the Browns back in two thousand and three. Had some good stories about his time here. It was great. Great. Kickers typically can Solid play. golfer. Yeah, solid golfer, good dude. So it was fun. It was great foursome with the boys. Very good foursome. So then uh and so you you got you were because you were out all you we were all off all last week. Yeah. So you, oh, yeah. you went there on the weekend, good times. How about Gibby? Just can Gibby there, talk yeah. or is he no, off? No, Gibby can't talk. He's Gibby's out. not on a This comics. is so He's sad. Out. It's I know, so robbing us of joy. So disappointing. I hate to see it. Yeah. Um so you so did Gibby have a good week? Gibby did have a good week. Everybody I think it was just it was a great week, and now we're, like, back, and we're totally ready to go. No, we're not. We're not ready to go till the 22nd. Yeah, I'm I think ready. so. I'm excited to have stuff to, like, really get in and talk about. You know what I mean? Yeah, but it can get wait. Get this team going. I'm excited. I agree. It. It just, I had it a feels, great run of golf this feels week. Tight. Great meals. Like a tight turn. Feels like it a tight does turn. feel like the summer, like, it's – when I really contemplate it, it feels terrifying to me that the summer is, in theory, you know, over in another week. Well, for, yeah, for yeah, as far as as far as you guys are concerned, it it certainly is. Like you're you're locked in. You guys are going to enjoy the Greenbrier um, for forty eight hours, yeah, upwards, maybe to seventy two, and then it'll be whew, long, but it'll be it'll be good at the beginning. You're going to play a lot of great golf down there, so that that part will all be that part will all be good. But it does feel like our. I think the NFL and they did this all on purpose, obviously, but. This whole calendar is tight with the draft when the draft yep. is, with mini camp for when the mini camp is. Now this Hall of Fame game, now that we're in this for the great Hoff, of course, which we're thrilled yep. to be. Um, but you're talking about reporting to camp next week. That's tight. Yeah. You know, they they're, were just here. They're they reporting in here. what, nine days, Gibbe? Ten days? Something like that. They report next Thursday or next Friday. Yeah, that's like the nineteenth, right? The twentieth. Yeah, yeah. So, and then you go. So it's it is a tight turn. And again, it's been done on purpose, you know, with with the idea of there's a television network that you got to have, you got to feed content to, and all of that. But it's it does make for a, a pretty quick summer. Um, and I think the other thing is is not just because uh, QBs and rookies next Wednesday, not just because we do this, but I think as for you in general, and talking about you, the fans you pay closer attention to training camp than anybody did when we were kids. Yeah. 
I don't remember camp. The only thing I remember from camp is um, the only thing that I remember from camp as a kid was Peter King's training camp tour where he would go to every team in the sure. NFL, sure. He would do the menu and he would do like where he stayed observations. That's the only thing I remember. I don't remember paying attention to what was going on daily in camp. No. And even, even in the preseason, you would, you would watch it, but it, it wasn't, we just live it. It's an awesome thing, right? And on some, in some level and another level, it's obviously it's, it's more challenging, but great for us. We live at a time where there is just constant content being produced about the National Football League, and there's a desire to consume it at the highest level because training camp, number one, if you're a Browns fan. Number two, if you are somebody who likes to participate in sports betting, which, you know, I don't get to do, but basically our entire audience gets to do. Or if you play fantasy football, you're looking for any little nugget of information, and it's all out there. Every team is getting covered to the level of people know what – what quarterbacks did, not just because of our show, but around the around the country, you could find out like what your quarterback did on seven on sevens in minicamp. Yeah, yeah. How many passes? That information was never covered. No, never. No, no. Mm-mm. No, it's no. just it's a different time, baby. It's a different time. It's all good. You know, at least the good news is you and I we got you know got to get a, a get away a little bit, get a little bit recharge those batteries and. And now I guess here we go. Although I still would like a few more weeks of golf. I'm having a, I'm having the most fun playing golf. It's just a great game. Having a great time doing it. Would like to. Keep well, that's doing a win. It. Yeah, that's great. a win. Hanging with the boys, foursomes with the guys. That's all you need. That's all you that's need. That's all you need, my friend. Um, all right. Um, some stuff. I you I you you say lots to get to. I get some stuff. We got some stuff to get to. I'm not going to say it's a lot because it's quiet, kids. This yeah. is one of the worst sports weeks of the year you got the all-star game tonight you had the home run derby last night um you've got you so you have that to look forward to which is a little bit nice but um this is why the sec put their media days this week they did this a long time ago so that they would be the when the baseball is done tomorrow their media days hit i want to say on or the baseball the all-star games tonight media days for them is wednesday so they kind of run the rest of this week because they're the only thing that's happening in sports uh, through the end of this week. So we'll have a little fun with that. We're off and running. It's good to be back on a Tuesday edition. Those are their hot topics of the day presented by Vivid Seats, official fan experience partner of your Cleveland Browns. We're off and running. CBD, 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. All right, from a team of injury lawyers dedicated to every client every day, call 1-800-ELK-OHIO. Elk and Elk's proud partner of your Cleveland Browns as we go around the sports world. Probably the biggest news in the sports world of the last 24 hours was Pat Fitzgerald being fired at Northwestern amid the turmoil and the hazing allegations that had taken place in that program um we're all of an age i promise you well i mean none none of the three of us have ever talked about this i promise you that all three of us have been hazed on a sports team that we were on in a club that we were i definitely was oh yeah i mean for sure i mean that was that was the way that it worked dangerous no 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 but like made to look a fool um, yes of course and like a freshman year high school football made to look a fool um, and in ways that would rather not be. Um, For sure. Nothing that 
teetered on sexual assault, which is what is alleged, in, at least in some part here. Um, oh, it's been a part of football clubs. This has been forever, fraternities, sororities. Like, this has been going on forever. It's just something that has been phased out, I would say, what, the last 10 years being starting to be phased yes. out? Yeah. Is or, that fair? Uh, probably the last 15 to 20. Like, it started happening kind of like close after we were getting out of school. Yeah. Well, there was, I still remember a lot of, there were a lot of fraternity, sorority, hazing, criminal stuff that happened yeah, like a right. decade ago. Yes. And so once all that, then it was like, yeah, we, we're not doing this stuff anymore. Yep. Yep. Um, you know, so they calmed it down. So what is alleged to have happened here is, you know, there were, there were several players and our guy, Greg Newsom said was on social and said he saw none of it. Um, that, that didn't buy it at all. There are prominent people at Northwestern who say they saw none of it. Um, Pat Fitzgerald has hired a very powerful defense attorney to fight this and is now going to fight it. So he was, for those who don't follow, he was suspended on Friday for two weeks and then additional reporting came out of the Northwestern newspaper on Saturday that had the specifics of the incident that were out there. And then the reaction, the public reaction to that led to his firing by the president yesterday. That's the way that all. Can I say something? Please. I I don't like that we live in a society, and again, I'm not defending anything that happened, but what I'm saying is if they kind of unemotionally went through and did an investigation and came to a conclusion, that's the conclusion. Yeah. Because there's public outrage, then you bow down and kowtow to that. Our example with our guy, mm-hmm. and then this does not even have anything to do with what the allegations were against Deshaun, but it was taken to a federal judge, and a federal mm-hmm. judge said six games. And then public outcry is why that ended up at 11. Like Correct. Punishment should be punishments not based on people's reactions and emotions and feelings about them. They should be based on the merits of the case and what the punishments would be in that realm done unemotionally. That's what it's supposed to be. Couldn't agree with you more and would say that this is always this is probably the most extreme example of that because there is nothing less punitive than a two-week July suspension for a college football coach, and there's nothing more punitive than losing your job. That's right. So he went from nothing or as next to nothing as possible on the to gone in 48 hours. Right. And nothing changed. Nothing materially changed. Nothing materially changed. Northwestern had all this information. Um, this would be my advice to people in public relations. Put what you know out unless you are certain that it won't. A hundred percent certain that it won't. Because I think what happened here, Northwestern thought that this stuff wasn't going to get out the exact details of it. And so they didn't release it. So then it comes out in the student newspaper and it's like people are going, wow, this is actually quite a bit more than two weeks, which I would agree with. Um, but th- so if put out what you know. Yep. Don't try to hide it. You did it it's on a Friday. It's a news yep. dump Friday. Put all the allegations out there. Put the report out there. And then live with it at that point versus trying to, like, sweep it under the rug. I mean, a two-week suspension for a college football coach is nothing. It's absolutely nothing. Yeah. I would also say this. Pat Fitzgerald, whether he – how much he knew or not, is 100% responsible. It is his program. Mm-hmm. It's his program. Mm-hmm. So whatever happened there, it happened on his watch. 
it would be like if you're a if you're a builder of a home and six months from now you build a home from somebody and then six months later they go man you know there's a crack in this foundation and as the builder you go oh yeah sub did that that's not my fault i didn't know no no no, no. no yeah. that's you it's you that's your gig you're the builder that's the job He's the CEO of that program. It's his job to know what's happening inside his program. All of that being said, it's very likely that he does what most college football coaches do. I know for a fact, Jim, some of this, Urban Meyer did some of this. We know Joe Paterno did some of this. I don't want to know. Hey coach, this is go. I don't want to know. I'm good. Go to your position coach, have him handle it. Plausible deniability, right? All of these guys are taught this. Um, so it's very possible that he didn't know the severity of all of this, but knew that some stuff was going on. It's also possible that he said, Hey guys, knock it off. And they kept acting on their own because how the heck are you going to police that? Correct. You're talking about a hundred kids. And I'm surprised given Greg's like standing on that team. Like, I feel like he would for him to say, and I, I don't know, I was trying to find where he, what exactly he said, but I don't see that. But He might have put it, pulled it. I, it was there yesterday. It was a tweet? Yeah. Okay, I don't think it's there anymore. But I feel like he would have, he certainly would be in the know. He was a pretty prominent guy on that football team. Yeah, I, I would think he probably would too. Let me see if I can find it. Just a... It is. It, it happened obviously very quickly. And again, I'm not even suggesting that he should have kept his job in the first place. But people need. So punishments. he retracted the tweet. Okay. Punishments need to be made. And then that's what the punishment is. You don't uh, public opinion on a punishment. I've never seen a punishment where something happened to somebody and they're like, "Oh, they don't deserve that." And they're like, "Okay, oh, yeah, you know what? You're all right. Let's take that away." Yeah. So the tweet was, okay, now this is getting out of hand. Coach Fitz is a great man, which, by the way, he he retracted. But that's also one of those things. It's a lesson for the kids out there. Like, if you're not sure what you're tweeting about or you don't know the consequence of it, it's best to just not yep, <laughs> sit yep. this one out. Um, but I agree with you. Like, if he felt the way that he felt, it's just a crazy thing. Pat Fitzgerald was the second longest tenured Big Ten coach. He was there 16 years. Yep. I mean, he could have been and, a head coach of the Chicago Bears. He could have been the head coach at Michigan, Penn State. Could have had any job he wanted at a various point. And I think he will coach again. I, I think he's got two possible paths. He'll either go the NFL route and go be a position coach slash coordinator, could be a great defensive coordinator, or he'll go to Saban and Saban will put him on staff as a, you know, someone who advises. Yep. What? So Greg also added yesterday. It's also obvious that we played during different eras, so that could have been an experience they had and don't want to downplay their experience, but for mine, it was nothing but respect. So this, these are older allegations? Some are, yeah. Okay. It's just going to be so difficult to prove what he knew or what he didn't. Yeah. Yes, it you is. Know? I mean, I'm sure you've been – I've definitely been on teams where, where a coach will say, hey, knock this off, stop doing it, and the kids still do it. Of course. That still kids. happens. Yeah, it's part of it. Uh, the other thing that's ha- – this is happening today. The PGA Tour and the Live are on Capitol Hill. This is fascinating stuff. Did you see where the uh, Al-Ramanian, one of the, his initial requests was to be a member at Augusta and a member of the RNA? 
Yeah. Shoot your shot, man. Go for it, right? Why not? Yeah. So one of the things that is that has come out is that PGA Tour officials pushed to oust Greg Norman as the CEO and commissioner yep. of Live Golf, <laughs> yeah. of course, during the tour's negotiations with the DP World Tour and Saudi Arabia's public investment fund. And they proposed that Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy would own Live teams. Um, so that's part of it. Uh, the documents released by the subcommittee, which began a hearing Tuesday, Regarding the planned alliance, also suggests that McElroy met with Al Romanian, the governor of the Saudi Sovereign Wealth Fund in Dubai, in November. So Rory had some knowledge that this thing was headed in this direction all the way back in November. I'm not sure what Congress can do here. I don't. I, I don't understand what the point of it is. They're trying to antitrust it. Yeah. It's. I mean, I guess you could say it's a monopoly, but it's a golf league. It's not right. like a business. I mean, I guess it's a business, well, but it's not. Didn't Trump, when he was with the USFL, didn't he try to do that to the NFL? Yes. With antitrust? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That didn't go well. No, there's still it's still a sports league. It's a sports league. I'm with you. I don't. I really don't see any any way of, of how they're going to stop it other than to get all this information out there in terms of who knew what and what they actually wanted. That's fine, I guess. Yeah, it's look. The fact of the matter is, as we know, they bought golf. They bought it. That's it. Like, okay, mm-hmm. like it, don't like it. That's just that's the reality of the situation now. You probably won't notice anything different going to an event, watching it on TV. But that's what happened. They bought golf, and yeah. now all the best players are be playing in all, every event together. Well, I don't know that we know that for sure. Well, I would imagine they will be. Because, like, Dustin Johnson said that he's still going to do live. Like, he doesn't want to play any golf golf than he does, and he likes the live approach, which fits his personality about perfectly. Well, I think that there are guys, right, that have money now that means they don't have to go play every single stop on tour, you know? They're going to be very selective in, in what stops they play in and what stops they don't, which, by the way, that's how things work when people are very successful. They no, no, for sure. I don't think they, they know do. what it's going to look like, though. Because in yeah. order for it to work, they're going to have to have some of these PGA guys play live, the team well, golf stuff. Right. And you're going to have they to have want, some of those other guys play the other. Yeah, and they want, like, Rory and Tiger to have teams, which feels like a long shot. Yeah, I would I would think that it, that it most likely would be uh, a long shot, my friend. Um, all right, so there's – oh, uh, one other thing. We Since we've been off, you know, ESPN had the massive cuts. I hate when anybody loses a job. I mean, it's just brutal. Um, but the one thing that – is happening in our business. And we saw this, I don't know if you, I'm sure you guys saw this with the New York times cut its sports staff over the weekend. They're no longer going to have a sports staff at the New York times, which just seems impossible to me to wrap my head around. Um, But we are all, you're just content creators. That's it. Can you create content that can be monetized? If you can't, then there's no use for you. (laughs) Like that's, it's just that simple. Like we do. That's what it is. And so, like at ESPN, everybody was going at McAfee because they, you know, a lot of these people, some of these people that were let go were like, you know, longtime college game day or uh, sports center hosts and all of this. Well, McAfee is going to make three hours a day go away for them. They're not going to have to worry about it. Just like Stephen A. He makes three hours a day go away. He does a podcast. He hosts their NBA stuff. He's he's a one man content machine. Yes, and McAfee's the same thing. 
So he's not reading a highlight or doing a script. He's giving you three hours of content. He is right. He is the content. He's content. He's the content. He's not analyzing content. He is the content. Correct. So that's how those things happen. Um, I, but you hate when people when people lose their. There's job. a lot of big names. A lot of big names. Yeah. Culber's been there a long time. Long time. Yeah. She left Which, once before. She left for Fox in the late 1990s, right, Gibby? Yeah. Because it was like 30-plus years, out. right, for Susie? Probably all told. I mean, I remember her on – she was like the original host of ESPN2 with Keith Olbermann, like in like 94-ish, yeah, something like that. And then she went to Fox um, when Fox was trying to do like the nightly sports center thing, Rival. And then ended up coming back to ESPN. She's been there for 20 years now, 20-plus years back. So, yeah, do you hate you to see think, that. Do you think people today would even believe that in many ways the sports highlight show, and yes, Sports Center was around, but in my mind and in my recollection, like mm-hmm. the first big one was on CNN, right? Wasn't it Vince Cellini and Fred Hickman? Yeah, with Van Earl Wright. Yeah. But like Van Earl Wright, Cellini, Hickman, Nick Charles. To think that that's what started all of this was on CNN today would probably, I think, blow people's minds. I can't remember if it was – if SportsCenter happened first or – but I think you're right. I think it was CNN's Sports Tonight. It was on at like 9 Eastern or 9.30 Eastern. It was a half hour. It was certainly bigger than SportsCenter was initially. Yes. If, if if the date or the times. I'm looking up CNN Sports Tonight when its run was. Started in 1980. Yeah, so that would do it. That's yeah. why, But, I mean, I think that would blow. Given what has happened on news channels of that ilk, the I'm fact pretty that sure there was Dan- just like a pretty awesome sports show was on there seems crazy. I'm pretty sure Dan and Keith started at CNN. Really? I think Dan Patrick was on CNN and Keith. Yeah, Gibby's nodding. I think that's true, that they started on CNN before ESPN took them. See, that's what I'm saying. That's wild. Yeah. So they did Um, start around the same time SportsCenter debuted in 79, but it was not nearly its peak like like CNN was back then, I feel like. No. And CNN's was first. I want to say theirs started maybe earlier. Maybe, yeah. But you, that was the one, yeah, that you, that and Sports Center. And the other thing was, is ESPN at that time was running baseball all the time, so it wasn't always on in the summer, especially. It wasn't always on the same time. Yep. Sports Tonight was on the same time. It was nine o'clock or nine thirty, whenever it was. It was every day at that time. You could get the day in sports. That's the way that yeah. it worked. Um, all right, coming up next, ESPN's Jeremy Fowler ranking the NFL's best players at every position in 2023. Executives, coaches, scouts pick their top ten. Uh, we will do the corners. Coming up next, you'll listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but, like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com.
Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. All right, the Cleveland Browns 2023 schedule is here. Get your single-game tickets now for all the great matchups at Cleveland Browns Stadium. Visit clevelandbrowns.com slash tickets to purchase today. This is from ESPN's Jeremy Fowler, ranking the NFL's best players at every position for 2023. They polled executives, coaches, scouts to pick the top 10. Hello, Gibbe. Do we have Gibbe? Gibbe. Gibbe. Hello? Ah, Gibbe. Hi. Hey, Gibbe. Hi. Hi. Yeah, I'm shocked you can hear me over Hi, the, buddy. The, Hi, buddy. the hammering, and I don't I don't know what else is going on here. I definitely We're still have putting a, things together on the Ponderosa. I, I, I'm, I'm fairly confident I've got a nice little headache from maybe the stuff in the building. The, there, there's an extensive cleaning going on. I will say this. There's, there is an extensive cleaning going on right now. However, I was here yesterday and today, so this is uh, That's not That's not ideal, Gibby. That's fine. I'll be fine. Nothing a shot can't cure at some point later. (laughs) (laughs) I woke up this morning. My wife's like, hey, it's not the weekend, and you're back to work. Get up. Get moving. And I'm like, nah, not yet. (laughs) Not yet. No, I'm not ready for this. It's hard. It's hard coming back. You almost need a vacation from the vacation. Yeah, I didn't do anything except play golf and consume beverages and yeah, but you get used to not hang doing out anything. With the fam. Oh boy, it is real quick to get sucked into that. Yeah, yeah, you get used to that a little bit. So I played thirty six yeah, holes said, on the hottest day of the summer last Wednesday. So it was a scorcher here, huh? It was about ninety. Humid because there was like a lot of like it rained on the third. It rained a little bit on the on the fifth. Okay. Or the sixth. It just rained on up, but it was hot and humid when it was not raining. Yeah, we teed off at. uh, There were four of us that teed off at seven forty-five in the morning. Wrapped up about eleven ten. Went and got some bevs and some food, uh, and then teed off again in the golf league at two fifteen for another eighteen. Glorious. Perfect. That's what I. That's great. It's a great way to spend a little vacation if you're not yep. going anywhere. Yeah, I I well, think um, I I'm I'm really to the point. I'm I'm considering everything for next year. I I think I'm I'm driving no matter where I go next year. Yeah, within reason. I think that's just take random. the R, get an RV, baby. Yeah, I'll tell you what. There was the in uh, in Glacier and really all around Montana the whole week we were there. The amount of sprinters that I saw. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a robust sprinter market appears to have uh, have blossomed. Yeah, those, they're taking over. Yeah, they're everywhere. So I I was looking back at Bootsy at her after I'd yelled at him for like the seventy fifth time, and um and thinking you know a sprinter might work for him, that might work. It'd be I think it'd be gr- delightful for him. He'd thrive. What, was he just not? There are no rules. We're on vacation. No, uh, he's living his best life. If you're well, yelling at him for the 75th I was time. yelling at him a lot because he doesn't know what he doesn't know. So, like, there was a giant marmot, for example, like on a on a huge rock, like next to the path we were walking on in Glacier. And, like, yeah. he, like, sprinted up to it to hug it. And I'm like, no. dude, that thing will eat your face. Yep. 
So yes. like he would want to like run off. Like we were out on the Ponderosa and he would want to run off. And I'm like, there are rattlesnakes all over in this area. You cannot just run off around here. Um, no. Yeah. So that, that was definitely a hindrance for his lifestyle was the idea that there could have been, that there were there things are that could him. Yeah. Yeah. And he's ridden like twice in his life and he wanted me to like, let him ride by himself without me like holding on to the halter, like without me leading him. I'm like, dude, you have no idea what's going on here, how tricky this could be, but he's so sure of himself. God bless him. Love it. Yeah. And buddy made it through everything. Okay. Well, with the help of 80. Oh yeah. We had, we got the updates. She was taking him on hikes. Um, so he thrived. She, she did her best to, to she wear did great. him out, I'm told. She did great. So. She would send updates. There were walk videos of him and made my wife very, very happy. I would continue to remind my wife that he's a dog and that he's <laughs> in his that home. Dog lived its best life, I'm fairly confident. The people are taking, you know, I think he's doing okay. He's getting regular food and water, and he's in a climate-controlled environment. I think he's doing more than fine. Yeah. So he, he was Beautiful. real excitable last night. When we got in, though, real excitable. We got in at like 11, and he was bouncing around. So, But we weren't tired yet. I don't know if that's – if you guys – when you go out west, Z, when you go out west for a long time and you come back, it's hard to acclimate. I think it's harder going – Yeah, it's hard to get on clock. It's harder coming back this way than it is going out that way. I can flip pretty quick going west to west coast time, but I find it hard to go to bed when I'm still on west coast time. Yeah, you got to – Right. You just have to stay up late the first night you go out west, and then you're it's easy. right on clock. Right. Yeah. Agreed. But coming back, like, the only way I did it, I just got up, like, 45 minutes earlier today. Yeah. So that I would be tired tonight. But that part sucks. What's the state of, yeah. uh, what's the, state of the boys' FIFA's, FIFA game? I haven't touched it. See, this is, I feel like I have my chance. I've oh, come for up with sure. I, you could, I bet you could get PSG. me. I think you I could know. get me now because I haven't played in over a week. I don't have a clue. Um, I don't know where my timing would be. I'll tell you what, the one team I tried in the thing that I, I – Man City, I just – I was no good with them. They don't fit the, my style. Holland's good, but they don't have anybody else that, like, I felt like I could run with. They would be really good with you playing another team because they're really good in midfield. Yes. So, when they – they'll their other 10 will stop things. Yeah. The way that you, that you would kind of need them to be stopped. Against the computer, I don't know if you noticed the difference, but against – in a playing against somebody else, I think that you probably would. Yeah. Notice their help. When does Madden drop? Got to be coming Should soon. Be soon, right? Got to be coming soon. Yeah, it's got to be. It's usually this time of year you start to get a little excited for some some foosball a little bit. Oh baby, yeah. Uh, August eighteenth. Oh yeah. Okay. So a month or a month away. It was so interesting. Like the boys. So we've got the sport cord, we've got the dog, and we've got all these things. And I have to ask them to go use these things here. My dad, they're playing like on a, a gravel basketball court with a chain link net, and they shot yes. for, on like, which is great. You love that sound. It just eats up balls. That's what I was trying to explain oh, yeah. to him. I'm like, there's a, it doesn't, nothing sounds cooler than a swish on chain link, oh, but yeah. it just tears balls up. You know, yeah. you, you can't, you have to use like Shreds a rubber, them. even a rubber, rubber ball gets shredded with them. Um, but it does sound great. And then like my dad's got these dogs. And, like, they're playing fetch. I'm like, buddy can play fetch. Go do it with him. Go do it. Jeez. Nah, only when we're on vacation. Ridiculous. Only when we're on holiday. Punks. Daddy. <laughs> Jeez. 
Yeah. Yeah. My dad also thinks they can do anything. Like he'll just hand and my oldest can do a lot of stuff, but he'll like just hand the boys one of these horses and says, take them into the pasture. And I'm like, eh. yeah, we're not at a world for that. Yeah. They weren't, they didn't grow up here, man. Right. It's a little different. They're not like a little the, different. The 10 year old walking the, the cattle or the longhorn around. <laughs> that was unbelievable. That was crazy. That little kid just walking up nuts. Absolutely yeah, that's nuts. pretty good. Not good. Uh, do you want to do you want to do this next, Gibby? Uh, yeah, let's move everything back a segment. We'll move it all back. So we'll do well, the yeah. corners. Let's move it back a segment. Are you with us the next segment it. too? I, I think so, Paulus. As long as uh, yeah, we can do whatever. Everything's not right. needed. So now I, we're I, in the. Clear. You know what? I should be good for the rest of the show. All right. Okay. Great. So we'll do. Make for we'll, forgiveness. We'll do the ten best corners list. Um, we will also do uh, a little bit of a running back breakdown on our roster. You have that to look forward to, which is very, very nice. Play a little thing or not a thing as well. You listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. All right, welcome back into Cleveland Browns Daily. Back by popular demand, your favorite four-legged companion, year two, Barking Backers, presented by Milk Bone, the fan club for dogs. View membership options and join today at BarkingBackers.com. We're having the conversation, 10 best corners in the NFL today. More than 80 voters submitted a ballot, at least one position, in many cases all positions. They had several ties, so they broke them with the help of additional voting, follow-up calls, so forth, and so on. So it's the top 10 corners in the NFL. Who is your favorite corner ever? Prime. Is there another? Is there another option? I don't know. A, I think he's right, but it's yeah. He changed it. If you take him out of it, who do you got for favorite corner? Yeah. I mean, when I was a I'm kid, my next door list. neighbor loved Lester Hayes, so I was a big Lester Hayes guy. Lester Hayes and Mike Haynes were, but I was a pretty good group. Very much a youth at that time. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Daryl Green, Darrell Revis, Charles Woodson, Champ Bailey. Chucky Wood, yeah, but I also think of Chucky Wood, I feel like, more of a safety at the end safety. of his career for some reason, even though he was a corner. Rod Woodson, same thing. Rod Woodson was a great corner. Woodson was – I loved Woodson. Yeah, I mean, Rod Woodson was good. He was a stud, man. And Ugh. he kind of was like – he was – I don't think people remember how great he was because he wasn't as loud as Prime. Sure. But his credentials, he was a first ballot Hoff. His credentials are right there with Prime yeah. in yeah. terms of, of accomplishment. Revis was like, for that stretch, was so good. It felt like it was short, though, right? Yeah, it was the, I mean, it's first ballot Hall of Famer. Sure, so but pretty, it doesn't feel like it was quite as long as... Some of the others, yeah. I hated Richard uh, Sherman, but I like, but I also at the same time like him and respect him. Yeah, Troy Vincent, uh, Terrell Buckley... Yeah. Um, Akib Talib. Boy, we watched Josh Gordon roast him. Akib Talib. Yeah, Woodson uh, was on the he was on the all nineties team. He was on he was six time all pro. As a corner? As a corner, yeah. Yeah, Chucky Wood would be the answer then. Revis four time first team all pro, seven time pro bowler. Uh Aeneas Williams. Eleven Pro Bowls for Woodson. 
Yeah, Chucky Wood. Chucky Wood is. Are you talking Rod or Chuck Charles? Rod. Rod. Rod was eleven Pro Bowls, six-time All-Pro. Chuck is nine Pro Bowls, three-time All-Pro. So Rod's actually better than. Although yeah. Chuck has the MVP. He won Defensive MVP. Defensive Player of the Year. Yep. Not sure if Rod ever won that. Prime was six-time six All-Pro, eight-time Pro Bowl. So Chuck's – I'm sorry, Rod Woodson's was actually better. Champ Bailey, 12-time Pro Bowler. Ooh. Only How many three, All-Pros? Three first teams and three more second teams. Well, actually, one, two, three, four more second teams. So that's pretty yeah. good. Yeah. That's yeah. There were some great ones. All right, let's get to this list, Gibby. All right, here we go. Zagura. Last uh, yesterday, I think your best one was seven out of ten. What do you got here for this one? Yeah, what'd you do yesterday? You did tackles and he did defensive tackles and uh, edge rushers. Tackles would be tough. Good job out of you. I did good on it. I let, forgot Chris Jones though, which is idiotic. Yeah, he did I mean, forget the number two. That's yep. tough. The I'm ends sorry. I was better, I feel like. I feel like I got maybe like eight of them out of my first ten guesses. Uh, All right. I think so. Yeah. All right, here we go. Uh, Sauce Gardner. Yep. Uh, yeah, number two. two. Okay. Uh, Pat Sertan, the second. Yep. One. Numero uno. Okay. Uh, big play Slay, Darius Slay. He is. Where is he on this Number five. five. Number five. Okay. Jalen Ramsey. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know if he played up to it, but I guarantee he'll be on this list. Yeah, he's third. Third, okay. Um, kind of a generous ranking, I feel like. Um, Trevon Diggs with the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Number eight. All right, so that's five of them. You haven't missed yet. No. Nope. Our, I'll say our guy, Denzel Ward. I bet he's right yep. around 10, 9, 10. He was 9. Number 9. nine. Right, that's 6 of them. Um, Xavier Howard. I think he's a receiving Honorable votes. mention. Honorable mention. All right. Yeah, so you what? have five guys that in this you do the five guys get honorable mention and another five get also receiving votes to get you to the top 20. I think uh, we can do teams for you at this point. Hold on, I got it. I got, hold on, hold on. Jair Alexander from Green Bay. Yep. Yes. All right, so that's seven of them. So I need three more. Yes. I don't agree with it, but I'm, my guess is Marlon Humphrey will be on there. Yep. He's and I just don't like to agree on it because it's just to throw some shade at him. All right. So that's seven. We need three more. Yeah, you're missing number ten, and you're missing number seven. Yeah, you got you named eight of them. Yeah. Oh, all right. So that's good. Uh, James Bradbury with the Eagles. Not. No. All right, I have one. Oh, that's so I'm. Th- he, that's my he two was strikes. Also receiving votes. That's yeah. my two strikes. Yeah, so give me the team. Give me. Give me like a hint on the other two. Buckeye. Marshawn Lattimore. Yep. Has he been number that good seven. recently? Um. Just here it says among those who prefer a true man-to-man corner who wants to challenge the top receivers at the line of scrimmage, Lattimore is highly regarded. Um, I guess a high-ranking I NFL official says complete package. Uh, Lattimore is the number one man-to-man cover ability, has speed, size, physical, and run support. Lattimore had 78 pass breakups since entering the league in 17. 
uh, penchant uh, for penalties, committing four and four and fifteen snaps last year. This could be a rep, as much you know. Yeah, there was a like time what? he was unbelievable. Yeah, I'll say the other of my last guests will be for the tenth spot, uh, Tariq Woolen, the rookie from Seattle, because he was dominant last year. No. Uh, honorable mention, uh, number ten place for the Falcons. Oh, AJ Ter- Terrell. There you yep. go. He wasn't as good last year, though. Two years ago, he was really good. Last year, he wasn't that great. Here's what they say about Denzel Ward, one of the, who came in number nine on this list, was number six last year. His highest ranking was fifth. Um, his lowest ranking was out of the top ten. Just 25 years of age. Hard to believe still that young for D. Ward. Uh, they say, quote, one of the NFL's smoothest corners with elite footwork and balance. Ward has been a top ten fixture the past three years. Some of the best cover movement skills in the league, a scouting director said. Um they say he's never made the jump to the top tier. Nice cover guy. Just don't like the lack of size. An NFL executive says his durability. Of course, we know the injuries. He hasn't played a full season in any of his first five years, missing a total of 16 games. But he also just posted a fifth straight season with multiple interceptions, the longest streak by a Browns player since Frank Minifield and Felix Wright. His 23.1% ball hawk rate last year was impressive. Electric with the ball in his hands, a 99-yard interception return in 21. Two touchdowns off fumble recovers in 2022. Around secondary hit uh, with the injuries and all of that. He'll miss a game or two, but when he can go, he is a plus and he goes. And an AFC scout says he doesn't play tentatively despite the smaller frame. He'll mix it up. He's really gifted. All true. All true. This list, I think, is interesting because – there's a lot more reputation-based people staying on the list. Like, Diggs had a down year last year. Jalen Ramsey had a Ramsey. down year last year. Terrell had a terrible year last year in coverage. Two years ago, he was great. Yeah. So their reps carried over. Whereas with the edges and with the tackles especially, it was much more what they did last year. Yeah. Honorable mentions were Xavier Howard, J.C. Horn. Uh, J.C. Horn's good. Yeah, Tredavious White. Horn was hurt last year, though, right? He's been hurt, I think, both years for both at least years. some period of time. Yep. Um, and Legereus Sneed. Oh, yeah. Uh, receiving votes were Stephon Gilmore from the Cowboys, Bradbury from the Eagles, who you yeah. had, J.C. Jackson from the Chargers, Carlton Davis from Tampa, Trent McDuffie from Kansas McDuffie City. McDuffie was like a late rookie, late pick rookie. Yeah. Uh, Shavarius Ward from the 49ers, DJ Reed from the Jets, and Tyson Campbell from the Jags. Yeah, the Jets have a solid duo with Reed and, and Sauce. Anytime, anytime I have a conversation, people talk about the Jets, and they're like, oh, how, Rod, that's Rogers overrated. Have you looked at the roster, man? Yeah, pretty good. Like, they are loaded. They are loaded. If he plays to a, if he plays to what he was last year, they'll win 11 games. Yep. And he's never had a – I mean, the cast he has is ridiculous to throw to. Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, Garrett Wilson is um, nasty. Yeah, he's going to he's gonna be a dude for sure. Um, all right, coming up next, our countdown to the start of training camp position preview is the running backs. We will do that coming up next. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but, like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. 
Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. And Bo here for my friends at Renew Home Exteriors. Does your home need a new roof? Replace your roof for the final time with Renew Home Exteriors. Replace once for life warranty. This month, with the purchase of a new roof, get free installation on a solar-powered attic fan to help the lo- take the load off your AC unit and keep your attic venting properly. Save with no interest for 24 months. Renew Home Exteriors, superior products, superior service. Visit my friends at RenewEstimate.com, and they will take care of you. Tell them that Bo sent you. I assure you of that. Time for our countdown to training camp. Today's positional preview is the running back room, and we do not have Kareem Hunt on this list, so there will be an adjustment there, my friend. Nick Chubb is still on this list. He's very, very good. Behind him, it starts to get interesting as we go to Dr. Z. Yeah, so this is a new-look Browns running back room. Not only no Kareem Hunt, also no D. Ernest Johnson. And so it's things are going to look very, very different in terms of the depth behind Nick Chubb. But Nick Chubb is the focal point. He is coming off of a career high, 302 carries. He is coming off of a career high, 1,525 yards. He's coming off of a tie for a career high, 12 rushing touchdowns. Nick Chubb last season, 1,764 total yards, career high, 13 total touchdowns. He's just an absolute stud is what he is. So he is the main man. We will be more pass-oriented, but I think he will take maybe a higher percentage of the overall work. Uh, I think he could get involved certainly in the early downs a little bit more in the pass game than we have seen in the past. But it's Nick Chubb, number one. And then number two, that job belongs to Jerome Ford right now. Jerome Ford, the Browns' fifth-round pick from a year ago. We liked him, what we saw in the preseason, his ability to run it, his ability to catch it. He contributed really in his rookie year much more as a kick returner than he did any other way last year. 30 kick returns, 24.1 a return, had a long return of 48 yards. Really didn't get involved carrying the football or really catching the football. Didn't have a catch on the year. He had only eight carries on the season. They only went for 12 yards because, as I said, Kareem Hunt was the number two. Dearness Johnson was the number three. Ford now becomes the number two. The question is, do they ultimately feel comfortable with that? Does Jerome Ford show what he needs to show, not only in the run game, but more importantly probably in the pass game and the pass pro game, to be that third down complement and give Nick Chubb some rest at times? Because right now, he is that number two. So if it's not him... I feel like they're going to have to bring somebody in from the outside, perhaps a J.D. McKissick, who really is just kind of that pass-catching specialist, would probably come in here at a good rate for the Cleveland Browns uh, as he remains unsigned at this time. He's the kind of player that I think would be exactly what we needed in that respect. McKissick is a guy who has been in the league for a few years, catches the ball extremely well. You know, you look at in back in 2020, 80 catches, 589, 43 for 397 and 21 last year in only eight games, 27 catches, 173 yards. So he's the kind of guy that could maybe fit that bill for him. If it's in, internal with the guys that we have still here, you know, maybe Demetric Felton, who's moved back full time to be with the running backs, maybe he ends up being that third back for you. They also have John Kelly, who always performs well in the preseason, has been on the practice squad for a couple seasons. Uh, Nate McCrary's a guy that is going to be competing for the practice squad. And then maybe the one wild card says Son Hall, undrafted free agent out of Georgia Tech. He can run it, he absolutely can catch it. So maybe he pushes somebody there. I think the biggest question for this room is does Jerome Ford lock down the second job? 
if he does, who wins the third job? And then the other would be, do they add somebody at a veteran minimum to this room as this training camp progresses? Don't you think the question for Ford, I mean, we all know he has the talent to run it. We all know he's explosive. Um, he played some receiver in high school and, and certainly has an ability to to catch the ball out of the backfield. The question, I think, isn't the biggest question just can he be there and pass pro the way he needs to be? Yeah, right. That's the question. And that's why I think that's that if they it. were to bring in a back, it's going to be somebody who does that, right? Somebody who is a pass-catching, pass-third-down-back specialist. Um, you know, Demetric Felton, who's played some receiver for the Browns, he just hasn't really all put it together. He had a couple touchdowns his rookie year. Last year was really a non-factor on offense completely. He'll have an opportunity Again, these four preseason games, great opportunity for Jerome Ford to show what he can do, great opportunity for Demetric Felton, great opportunity for Hassan Hall. I just don't know if that room is fully complete yet. Well, when we would do the questions about, like, you know, where could you add, it was always here and it was defensive tackle. Yep. Um, those are kind of the two spots that you looked at. I wanted to go back to Chubb for a second. Um, so Nick Chubb, from an attempt standpoint, He's now five years into the league. It's just a sensational career at this point. Um, year one, 192 carries. Um, that's the job share with um, – why am I blanking? Well, they wouldn't even let him start that year. Yeah, he, didn't, he started nine games. Carlos, Carlos Hyde. Hyde. your boy, who you were emphatic that he deserved carries over Nick Chubb and, and should have been the workhorse. He, he had that. <laughs> then he had Chubb Because of 19. our great relationship from my time at Ohio <laughs> you State. You guys had all the great – I you, believed you were, in him. You, you believed in him. You, you vetted. Yeah. That's right. El Chapo. Um, and so they go, uh, you got year, the first year where he's really the dude is year two. That's when it's 298 carries, 1494. Um, missed some games in 2020. It's 190 for 1,067. Then 228 for 1259 and 302 for 1525. Last year is when he was relied on the most heavily. The yep. two years where he's been around 300 carries, it's 1,500 yards. Like that's just what you get, five yards a carry, just book it. Um, here's the thing that's interesting about Chubb. He's always been at last year's probably the best of not of always been in a job share though. Yeah. He's always Kareem's always gotten carries, you know? Yep. So one of the things that I think could be possible this year is for his, maybe his overall carry number. Maybe it, maybe he doesn't get to 300, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's close. I wouldn't. It could be in that range, you know, of 280. Of yeah, I think probably their ideal would be between 250 and 300. Well, obviously, number one, we're going to throw it more. Number two, Nick Chubb, it's interesting to point out, the two seasons that he's had, 298 and 302, he averaged exactly five yards a carry. Mm -hmm. When he averaged one, the seasons where he had 192, 190, and 228, he averaged 5.2, 5.6, and 5.5 yards a carry. So, yeah. you know, they want to keep him – we got a 17-game season. My guess is they would like to keep him somewhere around, let's call it 16 carries a game. That would be 272. 15 carries a game would be, you know, 255. I think that's exactly where they would want him to be for this football team. Keep him fresh and obviously keep him at his most effective. But Nick Chubb is incredible. He's the only player in the history of the NFL to average five yards a carry or more in each of his first five seasons with more than 100 carries in each of those seasons. He's a stud, never below eight touchdowns. He scored 32 touchdowns the last three seasons alone on the ground. Uh, he scored a receiving touchdown each of the last two years now. He's just – he does it all. The question for Nick Chubb is can he be a guy who gets to maybe the level in 2019 where he caught 36 passes for almost 300 yards? Can he be a guy that catches two passes a game? And if so, 
I think he can that just enhances his overall value not only to the team fantasy wise obviously all of that he's older than you think too because of the injuries that happened in college yep. um you know so you don't get your hands on him till he's 23 because he missed a year at Georgia yeah. uh, with injury so he's you know a lot of times you get these running backs they're 21 22 and they come in you're in your fifth year and you're 26 you know something like that that's not the case here Nick's he's when's he turned 28 it's is it in this season? In this season, yeah. He's uh, 27 and 196 days. December 27th, he will turn 28. Okay. So towards the end of this season, he'll turn 28. One other thing to watch with Nick Chubb is, you know, at some point the Browns are going to have to confront the reality that given their investment in quarterback that they're not going to be able to play pay an elite running back, elite running back money. Right. And so that, this could be a case of where maybe you get even a little bit more Nick Chubb this year because – you know, as an organization, unfortunately, you know, Nick Chubb's not going to be able to be here forever at his that's current. Just the, that's just the realities. It's just the reality at his current level of performance. The end and corner and quarterback and receivers. And and it's the way that this sport is. Yes. You know, you just can't. The teams that are in the business of paying running backs at the top of the market are not teams that win. Not at the it, level you're hoping to win at. I said it before and I will say it again because I think it bears repeating. There is no scenario in which Andrew Barry and Paul DePodesta, when they think about roster design and allocation of resources, would have three of their top six cap numbers be two guards and a running back. No. So that is not going to continue for forever. It just isn't. And Nick Chubb, as you mentioned, he is so good. We are so lucky to have him. The guy is an absolute stud Mm -hmm. he would only be he has four million dollars guaranteed left to him in 2024 that's it though so they could in theory you'd save like 12 million dollars there i want nick chubb to be a brown as long as chubb wants to be a brown i don't it would have to take a restructure my guess is to keep him here sign a new deal put an extension on it and he'd have to probably give them a pretty good hometown discount at that point because it's just money is going to be very very tight and the browns have to be very careful how and where they allocate it. And unfortunately, it has been the case, and I would love this year to be the one that bucks that trend because it means we win a Super Bowl, that the teams who have won Super Bowls have done so with either very, very cheap rookie contract running backs or committees of guys. It is not The guy has not won a a title in the NFL in a very, very long time. No, no, no. It's it's been a very long time. Uh, So that'll be something to watch, that second running back, operation and then is they is there somebody added off the street yeah what is all of that those will be the things we're paying attention to in camp we'll do a little higher lower coming up next cleveland browns daily 850 espn cleveland cleveland browns daily brought to you by ballybet coming soon to ohio on 850 espn cleveland All right, welcome back here to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, sports betting partner of your Cleveland Browns, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Time for a little higher, lower, presented by Keep It Fun Ohio from the Ohio Lottery, which reminds you, know the risk before you gamble. Compliments of Cody Benjamin, huh, Gibbe? How are you, sir? Oh, you know, we're rolling. We're rolling. Uh, there were a couple glitches here from a little power supply, but 
Okay. I think I think we're good. I think okay. We're good. They're they're washing How are we coming? the windows. Are we going right. to be there tomorrow? Are we in house tomorrow? I think tomorrow? so. The, Let's there go. There is a massive cleaning effort going on. They're washing the outer part of the windows. But again, everything somehow nothing was touched in the studio, and yeah. I mean nothing. And yet it's dirtier. <laughs> like there is well, a film on everything, and I'm like, I I, I talked to. Our cleaning guys are the best. And I was like, hey, I know that you're working on the bigger picture stuff. I'm like, whenever you get a chance, if you can come in and do this entire office from ceiling to floor, that would be tremendous. That would be great. They are coming tonight. See, they were good. That's good. There we go. So we're getting there. We're getting there. Now – we, we have not set up any of our other things yet. Yellowstone and I have to – we're kind of like waiting because we were hoping everything would be clean so we could already start the process. But we're What other like, things okay. need to be set up? Yeah. So, you know that big producer table in the other room that all our gear yeah. sits on? There's currently nothing on it because ah. they tried uh-huh. – unbeknownst, they went in to fortify it. We asked them to try to – you know, it, the, the – one, it, the top was starting to buckle. Well, they took everything off and unplugged it all. Oh, boy. Oopsies. Yeah, that's Oops. a lot going on, Gibby. So, worst comes to worst, we'll be on a Comrex tomorrow, but I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Check back with me at, like, 8.30 tomorrow morning. I'll let you know where you're going to be. Very good. Very good, Gibby. But we're working and our Gibby way we trust. It. That's right. We're, and, and Yellowstone. I, I would be remiss. Oh, God, he would have thrived. He's a big part of it as well. He would have thrived the last week with me. (sighs) I loved it. He is a very jealous Oh, man, he would have been, yeah. Yeah, That's where he he belongs. Yeah, he would have loved it. Yeah, exactly. All right, time for Higher or Lower, presented by Keep It Fun Ohio from the Ohio Lottery, who reminds you to know the risks before you gamble. Again, compliments of Cody Benjamin, CBSSports.com. His NFL head coach rankings that came out last week while we were on sabbatical. And we kick things off with number 20. Paulus. Higher Number 20. (laughs) Our guy, Kevin Stefanski, comes in at number 20. The three coaches in front of him. Kevin O'Connell at 17, Mike McDaniel at 18, Mike McCarthy at 19. The two behind him, Ron Rivera at 21, Dan Campbell at 22. Zagora, Coach Stefanski, higher, lower, just right. I think it's just in in many ways, it's just indicative of what we've been since his first year. He was the NFL's coach of the year. That's right. Since then, we have not gone to the playoffs. You know, 2021 was a very disappointing season. Last year, I almost think you have to throw it out, and I think the fact that he got you know Jacoby Brissett in this offense to play as a top-10 offense, that speaks volumes to his talents. But this is as a head coach, not just an offensive coach, and obviously changes were made at other places on the team where he felt there were issues to address. It, it just has not been good enough to get everybody on the same page yet. So uh, I'm fine. Again, do I think he is a better coach than number 20 overall? Absolutely. I do. But we have to prove it. We've got to go out there and we've got to do it. And he is going to be linked, rightly or wrongly, 
and I think in his case, it's probably a good association, he's going to be linked with Deshaun Watson's success. I firmly believe Deshaun Watson will be successful, and I believe that next year, Kevin Stefanski will be in the top 16 on this list. Bishop? Yeah, yeah I think um, I think in many ways it's, it's this area. I mean, it, so you mentioned, like, Mike McCarthy is a spot ahead of him. Um, he's got to be ahead of McCarthy. Well, I McCarthy won a Super Bowl, though. Like, right. yeah, but are you talking okay. right now? Well, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, McCarthy's 155 and 97 as a head coach. So, more experience, better tracker, but then he and also a lot of his success came with pretty darn good quarterbacks. It did. It did. So it's that's what makes this coaching is so difficult. Like, I'm sure Belichick's really high on this list. I'm sure we'll get to him at some point. But what's he without Brady? Yep. Exactly. You know, that's the tricky thing. So McCarthy, this is a crazy thing about McCarthy. So he goes six and ten year one in Dallas, and he went twelve and five, twelve and five. Now you could argue that's underachieving because they should have gone further in the postseason with those rosters. The roster he had, I want to, which was the year Dak didn't get hurt? Was that 01 or twenty one? I forget the year Dak. They didn't were get hurt. super productive in twenty one. Yes. Yeah, like they probably should have gone. Dak was on his further. way to a career year. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I. I understand why it is where it is. Like, if you want to put him ahead of Kevin O'Connell, I guess that – I mean, that would be fine for me. But McDaniel's just one year in in Miami. Our guy's a little bit more proven. I think I think Coach does not – I think if you're not here, you don't understand what he dealt with two years ago yep. with the Baker stuff and what yep. he had to do last year. Like, you just see the records and you don't see what he he's, was dealing with. He's never had a normal season. Never. No. He had COVID, COVID and then chaos. Baker and chaos. Odell and, and then – the right, the eleven game suspension. And no, Jacoby Brissett being our as, as our starter did a more than admirable job. He has never had a normal season. Never. So hopefully this will be that normal season, and we will thrive. Yeah. Next, higher or lower? Number one is Andy Reid. Yep. Number two is Kyle Shanahan. Yep. Number three, Billy Belichick. Bo Bishop, higher, lower, or just right for arguably the greatest coach of all time? He's not three anymore. He's not three anymore. There's He's still he capable of be, it. He might be, though. If you, like, if, if, let me just, let's say this. Let's say Go that ahead, you, had a fr- you had a franchise where you had all of the stuff that you needed. You had the good quarterback. You had the players. Where you were one of the top ten rosters in the league, and you had that, he would – he would you would be considering him if you had first pick in that in a coach draft to coach your team for that year. Of course you would. But the opposite of that is if you put him in the situations that Kyle's been in the last four years with no quarterbacks and revolving door and everything else, he would never accomplish what he's accomplished. He doesn't he does not have that offensive acumen that is required. And without Brady, it's middling. Like I mean, it's that's been just, middling, yes. With he's, he's not also, a disaster without Brady, but it's it's been I mean, you go all the way back to the time here. He had one winning season here. That's in 94. Yep. Uh, that's it. Um, so he gets Brady. His first season in New England, he's 5-11. and 11, Then he gets Brady. And then it's on. Then it's 11-5, and 9-7, and 14-2. And Brady, two, though, at two. the beginning was not Brady. No, he wasn't. But it was a great roster. Yes. They had a great defense. A great roster. Well, he's a very good. Th- I'm saying it. We've even seen him against us yeah. in, the, in the last three years. I mean, he's masterclassed us. So when when talent equates, he he I think he's very good, and I think when he has 
super, superior talent, he wins. Like so that's to me, that puts him. That, but I don't think he's. I don't know if he's an elevator, but he's also drugged down a little bit for me by his inability to draft. Yes, fine. I'm trying to isolate the coach saying that if if the rosters were equal, <clears throat> who would you want to coach for you in a one season scenario of all the coaches in the league today? And He'd it would be, at the be hard. Very for top me, of the list. It would be hard for me not to have yeah. him up there. Him. He's Kyle, a hard Andy evaluation. Reed. Yes. He's a very difficult evaluation. Next, higher or lower? Number four, Sean McVay of the Rams. Number five, John Harbaugh, the Ravens. Number six, the Squealers, Mike Tomlin. Zagura, higher, lower, or just right? He's never Real had quick. a losing season. Yeah, I think he'd be higher than Harbaugh. Isn't this really hard to do because of every one of these jobs is different? Yes. They're Mike not all doing the same thing. I you think know? Mike Tomlin, I think, is the best leader of men culture coach in the league in terms of getting his players to just buy into the way that they do it. And he is they so honest They flipped the switch the first week in November, and here they go. They've never had a losing season. It. And now you can say it's – and it's not – you know, Ben missed significant time. Ben got old. They did it last year, even with T.J. Watt missing all those games. He's clearly – he – I think if you combined Mike Tomlin – hit. Everything about Mike Tomlin with, say, with Ark Kevin Stefanski's offensive acumen and kind of like that approach, that you, I think you would have the perfect coach. Or if you combine Mike Tomlin and Kyle. But Kyle's got his own gangster style, too. I think in terms of just his, like, lead, I think he is the best person at absolutely controlling, commanding, leading, and demanding excellence out of a locker room of 20-year-old millionaires that exists in the NFL. And everybody and no goes problem. there. You talk, to, you talk to Joe Hayden. You talk to any of the, our guys that have gone there, Ogan Joby, uh, Zach Banner. They will. They all love him. And basically he tells you this is the expectation, and the expectation is that you're going to keep getting better, and your expectation keeps going up. And if it's not, you're going to be replaced. And I'm going to tell you where you're good. I'm going to tell you what you're deficient at, and you got to go get better. And they all love him. Love him. There isn't a – there isn't um... – there's not a coach to only you said it perfectly. Just to buttress it, there's not a coach in the league that you. I've never heard anybody say anything negative about Tomlin that nope. played for him. Nope, love him. None. Correct. Next, so. higher or lower? All right, I'm jumping down here on this list. McDermott seven, Sean Payton eight, Pete Carroll nine, Doug Peterson ten rounds out your top ten. Lefleur at number eleven. 12 is Nick Sirianni. 13 is Vrabel. Number 14, Zach Taylor of the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, Bishop, higher, lower, or just right? Um, this is a good spot for him. I, I think one thing about Zach that's, that I think people down there are very appreciative of is he has evolved a lot as a coach. Yep. Um, what he was, or he was a young coach, obviously, hired very young. With really no experience, didn't he come from McVeigh's tree? Yes, um, and had yes. never called plays, had never been the head coach of anything, never even really been much of a coordinator because McVeigh called him. So he's the head coach and play caller. And early on, it was a real struggle. Now they've drafted superbly, which we all know, um, but they've also evolved as a football team and his style. And they play hard for him. There's belief in him, 
There's a gets it thing with him that I don't know was there a couple of years ago. He does that thing after they win games where he goes to the local bars in Cincinnati and buys around like that type of stuff. Gives all them of a that game stuff, ball. Yeah, all that stuff goes into coaching. That's all coaching, right? Yep. And he yep. does. He's come a long way on that front. And now, I, to me, I wouldn't have two years ago, no chance. But even last year, I don't know. Um, but he's got them to a Super Bowl. And he got into an AFC, AFC championship, championship game in back-to-back seasons. So that's he deserves to be on this list high. Yep. Agreed. Next. Higher or lower. All right. Real quick. Uh, Robert Sala came in at number 26. <laughs> I'm a little baffled by that one. That feels uh, low. And I wanted to, feels low yeah, to me. I wanted to get a quick thought, uh, especially because Brandon Staley was ahead of him at 23. Oof. Uh, the new Colts coach at 24, D'Amico Ryans at 25. I, I just – that one boggles my mind. He had, he had, had one of the – Get him a quarterback. Ahead. He'll be like eight on this list next year. Yeah, Salah gets a quarterback. He improved by three wins in his second year. The guys clearly play for him, and their defense, which is what he was brought there to, take, to oversee, was dominant. Yep. Number 32 on the list, according to this, the worst one, Matt Eberflus. Of the Chicago Bears. Mm. I don't know. I don't know I, about I, that. I think this seems – I mean, you can't get lower, obviously. I. This seems like a little bit of a shot at him. Yeah, I actually like, thought they what, showed are, signs of life last year with Fields and put Fields in a position to succeed. Like Arthur Smith with the Falcons, Todd Bowles. I, I think I'd rather have Eberflus because he at least showed a little something. I think Arthur Smith showed the ability to design a pretty good run game. Now, how far do you get doing that in the NFL today is – is a question. I, I know our, I know Coach Stefanski thinks Arthur Smith is a very, very smart guy, and we'll see now they got that offensive weapon, B. John Robinson, but it's tough down here. So much of it's just linked to performance, right? And then so much of your performance is linked to who your quarterback is. So, like, for these guys down at the bottom of the list, all it takes is their quarterback to be good, and they move up. Now, Brandon Staley's down there because I think – I mean, they still went to the playoffs win. last year, and they had so many injuries – like I know, maybe people they think he's too aggressive. So this that, but like, yeah, I don't. But, but last year, they think about Keenan Allen played hardly half this season. Right. Bosa but missed they had time. Herbert Matt the whole time. time. Like, J.C. Jackson missed time. Yeah. Mike Williams missed time. I mean, yeah. But they had Herbert, and like, yes, usually and they still made the playoffs. Like, usually have a guy like that. You go and his some of his stuff, some of his game management stuff. Yes, is pretty crazy. baffling. Yes, it's absolutely yes. baffling. So much more to come. You'll see Cleveland Browns so Daily brought to you by Bally Bet. Sports betting part of your Cleveland Browns coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by Bally Bet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Favorite All-Star Game moment as a kid. All-Star Game is tonight. I don't know if I'd be inclined to watch any of it. Favorite as a kid. It was a big deal as a kid because yeah, NL didn't play was. NL. Didn't like Bo Jackson lead off an All-Star right. Game with a home run off of Big Daddy Rick Russell? I'm pretty sure that Ronald Reagan, the then President of the United States, was in the booth. Love it. That would probably be the one. McGuire's Home Run Derby at Fenway was my favorite, obviously. But that was probably from a game standpoint. That probably was the one I remember. I was at the game in 1987. It was in Oakland. McGuire flied out deep to right field off of Lee Smith, the yeah. closer. I think. See, that was so cool because you never got, you didn't get to see. No, those guys played. Yeah, yeah, like Lee so Smith different. against Mark McGuire. That never happened, and now that was like the one time you had to see it. 
Yeah. Um, so it was, it was pretty cool. Uh, we're back tomorrow for more fun. The next level is coming up next. Thanks for listening, everybody. Cleveland Browns Daily, 850 ESPN Cleveland. I will. You've been listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, a production of the Cleveland Browns and 850 ESPN Cleveland. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.